0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYU to Tampa? Bowling against Bronco? Is this actually a possibility, and would it be a good thing?
1: Taking the next step, is it more important for BYU football to beat the three rivals or protect home field? Plus, it's time we geek out with college basketball numbers. Is
0: net greater than RPI? What does that mean? What does Ken Pomeroy say about
2: that? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem
0: Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, November 28th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Smithfield House attendance tracker Jerem Jordan.
1: I love the Smithfield House. Did you know Bill Russell played in the Smithfield House with San Francisco back in 1951, 52 time? Awesome, right? That place has so much history. And now it's this awesome volleyball venue. And by the way, we do want to announce uh, BYU TV will broadcast the NCAA Tournament first-round volleyball match between BYU and Stony Brook this Friday night, 9 Eastern. Spencer, Kristen, Jason on the call. Fantastic. If BYU wins and gets to the second round, and we hope they do, against Utah, BYU TV would also broadcast that Saturday at 9 Eastern.
0: Yeah. Do fans want Utah or Denver? I would imagine most would like to beat Utah again and end their season in the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah. Please make it manifest if you want Denver. No. (laughs) Come on. Utah. Here's
0: today's show lineup. The preeminent college basketball stats guy, numbers expert Ken Pomeroy joins us in 15 minutes to help us understand the brand new NET or net ranking system that college basketball is using to pick the field of 68 in the NCAA tournament.
1: It's part of it, yeah.
0: Is Dave Rose searching for his Obi-Wan Kenobi Jerem? A BYU basketball story. We'll explain in 30 minutes. Coach Rose and his team, by the way, face Illinois State tonight. Ball night! We get to know the foe in 40 minutes. Right now, you should all get to know today's headlines. Starting with BYU men's basketball against the Redbirds of Illinois State. The Cougars beat the Redbirds last year in Provo, 80-68. to BYU now 5-2 through seven games, searching for win number six. The game broadcast on BYU Radio with pregame beginning at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain. You can watch it on ESPN Plus via the Valley at 8 p.m. Eastern.
1: We're still waiting for BYU's official invitation to a bowl game, but yesterday the Frisco Bowl website had a graphic of who is in the game, and BYU's logo was one of them among other Uh, conference logos, the American versus Conference USA, Mountain West Mac, and then BYU's logo. So what does that mean? I don't think it means BYU's going there, but they could. But where are some of the BYU players hoping to go? We'll discuss that in a few moments. Yeah, the Frisco Bowl in
0: Dallas, Texas on December 19th. BYU senior offensive lineman Austin Hoyt. Accepting an invitation to play in the 94th East West Shrine game, an opportunity for college football players to showcase their talent to NFL personnel. That game set for January 19th, 2019, in Florida, aired on the NFL network.
1: That's a big deal. Kyle Van Noy, Fred Warner, Ziggy Onsla, they all helped themselves. I'm not saying Austin Hoyt's in the same league there, but perhaps Austin gets into the league sure. as a free agent, potentially. Who knows? Draft pick, I don't know. Uh, later women's basketball team lost 67-64 at Southern Utah, snapping a four-game win streak for the now 5-2 Cougars. Brenna Chase led the team with 14 points. BYU had a lead late, lost it, and lost the game. Yeah, that's BYU a head plays scratcher. at Utah Valley tomorrow.
2: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: The hashtag BYU to Tampa became a thing yesterday.
1: Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing.
0: Courtesy of BYU football players Zach Wilson. Bo Hodge, and Devin Cafusi, among others. We examined that a little closer once we saw it. It turns out if UCF is the G5 New Year's 6 representative, there may just be an opening in Tampa at the Gasparilla Bowl for BYU. Then we looked even closer. It turns out the opponent could be from the ACC. Mm. And wouldn't you know it, Virginia is an ACC team with a record that would fit the Gasparilla Bowl 7 and 5 against BYU ESPN wants ratings would that get ratings BYU versus Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia Jeremy is the idea of facing Bronco and Virginia in a bowl game
1: appealing to you Oh absolutely we love storylines as storytellers opinionists infotainers here that would be in our in our show mantra which is compelling and rich as Ron Burgundy once spoke Okay, it's a Power 5 game. Okay, so there's another one. You know me. I want 12 Power 5 games a year. Uh, however, the risk is high there. A win would feel pretty good, right? Like, oh, okay. The new boss beat the old boss. But what if BYU played that game and lost? You end with losses to Utah and Virginia? That wouldn't feel good. So there's certainly some risk-reward associated with that game. But honestly, that's way more compelling than BYU versus fill-in-the-blank other group of five team. Any Power Five game for BYU would be a compelling matchup in some way for me, but Virginia especially.
0: I believe it was SI.com that initially put BYU in Tampa in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl that's played at Raymond James Stadium, the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So another opportunity to play. going in,
1: there in a few years, by the In way.
0: an NFL stadium. Play South Texas, Florida. South Florida, yes. So I think SI.com was ahead of everybody else in this, but they had BYU playing Wake Forest in that projection. Now, Virginia rhetoric has started to creep in. To be fair, however, I am of the understanding that Virginia and the Belk Bowl are a likely fit as well in Charlotte, North Carolina. The fan base would travel well from Charlottesville. It's not as far, but...
1: Charlottesville to Charlotte. Yeah.
0: (sighs) Absolutely, this would be compelling. If ESPN wants a ratings boost for BYU fans and people to watch closely, they will match the Cougars up against Virginia. Question is, how much pull would Virginia have in this? And does Virginia want to play BYU?
1: Yeah, would they say no, right? Because remember last year it was the – Coaches who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Bowl and the Military Bowl is Kenny Amatololo and Navy against Bronco Hall and Virginia. So that's fun. So there's all kinds of projections. Who knows if going there. What's funny is the players led by Zach Wilson started to tweet the hashtag BYU to Tampa. So we're thinking like, oh, do they know? No. It does not appear that the players know they're going quite yet. Perhaps they've been hinted at or something. But our understanding is that Sunday that will be announced and revealed so i think this is just a hope from those guys because you know what it's probably going to be like 80 degrees that day in tampa why not and you would you're going to be at the ball game so that would be a good one too i would love to be at a
0: ball game on december 20th or 19th and yeah
1: not the 26th, <laughs> not the 26th. <laughs> you don't want to fly out on christmas night <laughs> all about christmas bowl game morning, is a right? bowl game though yeah.
0: and we're glad to have byu playing an extra football game
1: Well, not every bowl game is created equal. BYU is looking to take a step forward next year. This year, BYU got back to a bowl game in theory. We expect that to happen uh, Sunday. But the Cougars need to get back to being an 8-plus win program, hopefully better. But Spencer, what matters more in that next step, in that pursuit? Beating your rivals or protecting Lavelle's house?
0: I think it's protecting Lavelle's house just because of the way that the seasons, the last two seasons, have transpired at home. BYU went two and four at Oof. home in twenty seventeen and then upgraded by only one game in twenty eighteen to three and three.
1: BYU has a losing record the last two years
0: at home overall. That's come on unbelievable. But it is reality. And so I feel like BYU needs to learn how to play well at home to energize the home fan base to get juice back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium because right now BYU is a road team. BYU plays better on the road than they do at home. That's a concern.
1: Yeah, and they they went 3-3 three and three home and road this year. So BYU was... As, you can't be as good of a road team as you are home. You need to be a better home BYU team.
0: BYU won two road games in 2017. They had the same number of road wins as home wins last year as well.
1: I don't think that's good. I think you need to have more home wins. Although winning on the road is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'll take a 500 record on the road almost every year. Because to me, that's... That's where you want to be, five hundred plus, a losing record at home or on the road. Eh. At home, you got to protect. You got to go at least four and two, and then you split on the road. You get at least seven wins, set, at exactly. least.
0: So for me, it is protecting Lavelle's house. David Nixon has brought up a few times on Countdown to Kickoff and on BYU Sports Nation his home record while he played from his sophomore through senior years.
1: Eighteen, 18 and, and zero. 0. He yep. didn't lose yep. a home game, and you didn't play a bunch of Power Fives. Just want to point that out.
0: They played select power fives in there. Hardly any. UCLA, 59 nothing Drubbing was part of that. Yeah.
1: BC. Yeah. yeah. Lost that. Yeah. Just just saying
0: that with how bad it's been, BYU's got to figure that out. If they can win at home, then a lot of things start to fall into
1: place. Yeah, and BYU has four potential losses at home next year unless they bring it, right? It's going to be tough. To me, it's not protect home. To me, it's beat your rivals. And listen to these numbers and tell me I'm wrong. In the Kalani Satake era, BYU's one and 8 against the three rivals, Utah, Aww. Utah State, and Boise State. That stinks! BYU beat Utah State in 2016. That's the one win. The other eight losses include five one-score losses.
2: Moral victory! Moral victory! That's right.
1: That number ain't going to fly. You've got to go at least 500 there, and things are very different this and last year. Beat the rivals, some of which will be at home next year, Utah and Boise State, so it's some kind of combination now. You can't go 1-8 and eight against your three stated rivals on a plaque in the building and feel like everything's fine or good. And so it's not. BYU's got to beat its rivals. You've got to snap the streak against Utah. You've got to rep better against Boise State. And this was the outlier year, hopefully, for Utah State. But guess what? Kalani Satake is 1-2 and two against Utah State. So next year, BYU needs to restore beating the rivals. Get back on track.
0: Perhaps next year is the year to do it both, to win at home and beat rivals. Because as you just said, Utah and Boise State both in Provo next season.
1: That hasn't meant that BYU is automatically going to win, unfortunately. No. Hopefully they take it up a notch.
0: With USC and Washington also in Provo, BYU's going to have to do some work and likely at least beat one of those rivals to finish with a winning record at home.
1: It sells tickets, but will you win the game? I, I value nothing more than winning. The Cougars nothing. have to find a way to
0: win at home. A winning record, 4-2 and two at home next year. Schedule down at Let's home, then. <laughs> go. On to college basketball. BYU at Illinois State tonight. And the Cougars are dealing with a new set of numbers, Jerem. The NET ranking, or NET, has yes. replaced RPI. It is a new mathematical formula to help, essentially, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee... Have a better idea of where teams really rank against each other on a neutral court. Is the NET ranking system, and we'll explain some details, an upgrade from
1: the RPI? Absolutely. Listen, net isn't perfect. It has its flaws. I'll break that down in a moment. But RPI stinks, and it was antiquated. It was created and used in 1981. Although that was a great year for BYU. Yes, basketball. it was. The best, uh, in fact. It's time to use something else. And I'm happy that they've moved on. Okay? Let's break down. There, there's, there's five things that go into net. Okay? Team value index. Basically, where did you play and what happened? Okay? Net efficiency. Basically, the means to the end. How efficient is your team on offense? How many points per 100 possessions do you give up? And how many... Points you allow per 100 possessions. Winning percentage. That one's easy. Yes. Or adjusted win percentage. This takes into account where you play.
0: I love this part. Not
1: all, not all wins are created equal. 1.4 for a road win, 1 for a neutral win, and 0.6 for a home win. And then vice versa on losses. Okay. And then scoring margin. This is where it's really, really flawed. Caps at 10 points. Why? There's a huge difference between a 10-point win and a 20-point win, and a 30-point win, right?
0: it at at least 20.
1: Yes, and then overtime games are capped at one. So that part's weird, but RPI was the worst. The worst, and it's still being used Are you questioning my logic? Yes, you're a computer. You have no feelings, okay? You're not a Star Wars character. It's better than RPI, and it's evaluating more of the means instead of just the end, like, oh, did you win? Yeah, all wins are created equal. No, they're not. It depends where you play and how you play.
0: Yes, this is 100% an upgrade. I can't believe that it took this long to do it. Well, it's the NCAA, Spencer. (laughs) Touche, Jerem. Touche. Maybe it makes perfect sense why it took so (laughs) long to do it. The NET will help college basketball in the end. Determine the best 68 teams. And I know that there are auto bids into the NCAA tournament, but I feel like this is better than RPI because... There were some teams that were eighteen and fourteen getting into the NCAA tournament because they had a high RPI, you know, and they're two it and was, seven against RPI one through fifty. It just was a super flawed system.
1: Yes, and let's let's uh, be be clairvoyant here that. This isn't the only metric that will be used. No. It's the one that replaces RPI as to how they categorize everybody yes. and then put them into quads and say, okay, you that, have quad one that's record, how they, quad two. Yeah. I that, would say it's the most right. important because it helps
0: them sure. line up the quadrants. I
1: feel, you. I feel yeah. you. And BYU, by the way, dropped to 95 as of yesterday. Afternoon in net ranking.
0: Yes. Oh, quadrants, NET. 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 There's so many yes. numbers happening yes. right now. We're going
1: to try and keep it simple. Actually, we're not. We're going to bring on Ken Pomeroy <laughs> later. But it's called net because it's NCA evaluation tool. It's
0: an upgrade. Okay. Just if that's all you understand after that whole discussion that college basketball has an upgrade yeah. in determining who the best teams are, then. That's good. You, you've understood what we want you to understand.
1: Regarding BYU getting an at-large potentially, you know, this season or the future, you want to be in the top 40. BYU's 95. So they're, they're way off right now.
0: BYU's two losses, Early. by the way, Early. right now are quadrant one losses on the road to Nevada and at top home to Houston.
1: And then top 30. Yes. I believe
0: Nevada is 14 and Houston is number 16.
1: And it updates every day. So we'll see what it is today. A la the RPI. So
0: long, RPI. (laughs) Bid you adieu. (laughs) Our question of the day, back to football. Why would BYU football facing Virginia and former coach Bronco Mendenhall in a bowl game be a good or bad thing for BYU? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
2: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BRG Red on
0: Twitter. Um, playing a Power 5 team in a warm weather bowl. This would be a great thing.
1: Now, now wait a minute. Does BYU need a more winnable game than they need a good matchup? Because if BYU loses the game, they have a losing record. And we're going to feel weird about that. I promise you. Regardless of who it is.
0: What is the risk-reward of yes. playing a Power another 5 Another topic team. for another day. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Tell us what you think about the possibility of BYU and Virginia in a bowl game.
1: Coming up, is Nick Emery the Obi-Wan Kenobi of BYU basketball? We'll (laughs) explain. (laughs) We go more in-depth on the
0: net ranking system. The college basketball stats guy. He's a guru. Ken Pomeroy in next. How does BYU help themselves in the preseason? This is BYU Sports
2: Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: It is a Wednesday, it is late November, and it is a ball night. BYU at Illinois State coverage begins at 7 Eastern on BYU Radio.
0: Let's go. Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com. Whenever you want. It's for your convenience. Our question of the day. Why would BYU football facing Virginia and former head coach Bronco Mendenhall in a bowl game be a good or bad thing for the Cougars? At Dan underscore Smith for BYU answers on Twitter. (laughs) That BYU's lack of defensive personnel will have a tough time with a mobile quarterback. I know we said that for Tate, but we also had Corbin Cavusi. Too many defensive weapons lost will lead for a tough game no matter who BYU plays. Hashtag BYUSN.
1: I was thrown off there for a second because my son's name is Tate, so I was like, wait, what? You're bringing him into this? Oh, Khalil Khalil Tate Ah, of Arizona.
0: Yes. First game to last. Book ends. Join in hashtag hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is college basketball stats guru, friend of the program. His name is Ken Pomeroy. Check him out at KenPom.com. Ken, nice to have you back on.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me back on, guys. Uh, Great to chat with you this morning. All right, BYU and
0: Illinois State tonight, and uh, we're looking at this through a lens of the new NET or Net Ranking System. Uh, What do you think of college basketball's new ranking system, Ken?
3: Well, I am. uh, I'm hopeful. Let's put it that way. Uh, You know, obviously, not a lot of information has been released about the the formulation behind it. And, you know, we got our first kind of taste of, of what the rankings look like this week, but you know, it's so early in the season that it's pretty uh, premature to pass judgment on it. I, I think generally speaking, it, it will be a good thing. It's a, it's clearly a step up from the RPI and, you know, people really have to remember that it's not about, it's not about rank, you know, where you rank in it. It's, a, it's basically about defining your, your schedule and your wins and losses. So, you know, it's, it's just an apparatus to, to basically organize your schedule and, you know, determine you know, which of your games are against top fifty opponents, against top one hundred opponents, et cetera. And uh, I think it will do a better job of doing that, certainly than than uh, the RPI did.
1: Yeah, RPI was uh, started in 1981. Forget we shouldn't use much that was started in 1981 in 2018, right? There are very few items. Atari in your life. is the best yeah.
0: video game yeah. system.
1: Yeah, yeah. Come on, you know. So it's it's an upgrade. But at the end of the day, Ken, do you feel like this evaluates the means more as opposed to just the end, which was like, did you win or lose? There's more that there's way more to it now.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm as nostalgic as, as the next guy. You know, there's some some things I, I'll reminisce about from the '80s. But I mean, certainly when <laughs> it comes to, when it comes to judging uh, college basketball teams, I mean, obviously uh, methods have improved and computing power has increased, and, and we can do better. And uh, and yeah, that's the idea here: is that uh, you know scoring margin uh, does matter when you're trying to evaluate a uh, the strength of a team. Uh, so you know, if you beat a team that is twenty six and five like it kind of depends on how they got to that record, who they played, how they played in those games you know you can you can be a really strong twenty six and five team playing a weak schedule uh, if you dominated that competition, or you could be you know not that strong if you really struggled against the weak schedule, so that's where this this net is really going to help is evaluating those teams, the teams that play kind of the weaker schedules trying to parse through you know are they truly great team or are they just a team that you know benefited from some breaks and, and playing a week schedule like that's that's where we'll really see the improvement
0: college basketball stats guru ken pomeroy with us on byu sports nation your own rating is finding uh, some significant footing and holding among ncaa tournament selection committee members and we know that the net will play a large role is the net the most influential metric in helping uh the committee come march what do you think
3: yeah. I mean, there's no question. Like, this is, I mean, it's going to replace the RPI and it's, it's going to be the foundation for uh, what's, you know, the information that they get on their so-called team sheets where they see, you know, not only like how you did against the top 50 or the top 100, but individually game by game uh, you know, where your quality wins were where your best road wins were things like that. All that information is going to be in front of the committee in terms of the NET. So, um, so yeah, no question enough. My, you know, rankings for my rating will be on there, you know, Sagarin, the BPI from ESPN, the KPI, uh, a couple others out there. Those will also be on the team sheets, but, uh, the net will be, you know, the overwhelming thing that kind of influences decisions by the committee. So, uh, so that's, that's the way it's at least going to be for, you know, this year and, and probably the next few years.
1: Last year was the first year of the kind of the quad system, if I'm not mistaken, um, how, do you, how did you feel that went uh, when determining and evaluating how good teams are and who gets in and who gets out and what seeding they uh, get?
3: Yeah, I thought it was, it was poorly uh, explained maybe because, yeah, last year was the first year of, of the quadrant system. But, I mean, prior to that, we always had the top 50, you know, the 50 to 100, 100 to 200 uh, slices of data. And, uh, you know, what the quadrant did was really improve on that and acknowledge that, you know, beating number 51 on the road is more impressive than beating number 50 at home. And, uh, and the quadrant system now at least acknowledges that. It obviously doesn't distinguish between beating number one and beating number 50, which, you know, the committee is theoretically doing on their own. I mean, this, the quadrant system is basically a high-level, you know, way to look at data and catch, you know, catch the eyes of the committee on certain teams. And the committee should be taking it a step further and looking within you know, the Quadrant 1 wins. If the teams you know, 7-0 and against Quadrant 1, were they playing top 10 teams in that list? Was it all teams kind of you know, around the, the 50 mark? Uh, that's the, the job the committee should be doing in parsing this data. But, but generally speaking, I do think the Quadrant system is uh, a more uh, fair way, let's say, of grouping quality wins and bad losses than just using a straight-up uh, ranking, which didn't consider where a game was played.
0: Ken Pomeroy with us on BYU Sports Nation. Do you see any significant weaknesses within the new NET ranking
3: system? Well, it's, it's again, we're kind of – we're really guessing because they, you know, they didn't release the exact algorithm and they just kind of, you know, released small details here and there, little bits of information, and we're kind of guessing as to how this all works. And it's going to be a learning process over the course of the season. Um, I mean, the weakness really is the lack of transparency like we It's kind of not fair to teams to not know how the system works and uh the system was back tested on previous years, so they have that information they have information on what uh you know the end of season ratings looked like for the past at least five years is my understanding so um uh, you know releasing that information, I think really would have been a a service to anybody to everybody um so we don't know we don't know what what this is going to look like or. The kinds of things that are being rewarded, uh, you know, is running up the score going to be valuable or not? Like those kind of those kind of questions would be would be nice to know, and we don't really know them. So um, <laughs> that's that's the big, that's the biggest problem I think that that I and and everybody else has with with this new system.
1: The college football playoff has the same issue. We don't know exactly what criteria goes into choosing the four. Is it the best four? Is it the most deserving? Is it Yeah, we we don't know. At the end of the day, we're just happy that March Madness happens. We're happy that there's a college football playoff. We're getting there. We'll get there eventually. Okay, it seems like road and neutral, val- uh, neutral games are more valued than home wins, right? So BYU stepped up its schedule. Do you feel like... The non-power six or seven, if you will, in college basketball, of which the West Coast Conference is not a part, that a team like BYU is going to have to kind of change their scheduling mantra to get into the NCAA tournament to have more quad one and quad two games.
3: I think the, so. This is this is the way I I explain it to people who, who ask me about you know, especially like coaches, you know, asking about hey, how should I change my schedule? And uh, to me, the committee is, in a very simple sense, looking at what you did what your best five wins are let's say and what your worst five losses are Uh, they're obviously looking at a little more information than that but what it boils down to is like look at your best wins look at your worst losses and and that's going to go a long way towards determining whether you get in the tournament Uh, you know a great example last year like the pac 12 actually was a great example last year you know you don't Nobody considers them a mid-major necessarily, but they, but the conference weren't that great. And, uh, Arizona State gets into the tournament with an eight and 10 conference record because they'd beaten two number one seeds earlier in the season. So two of the best wins that anybody could claim. And USC does not get into the tournament with a 12 and six conference record, uh, you know, four games ahead of Arizona State, uh, because they had nothing in their non-conference schedule. And, um, and they obviously in the Pac 12, there weren't a lot of quality wins either. So USC just didn't have these high-level wins. And, uh, so I do think, you know, scheduling, Uh, top 50 teams in the non-conference is uh, especially important if you're in the WCC because you just don't know what you're going to get in conference play. You know, if you're BYU, you can usually count on St. Mary's and Gonzaga to to provide you with four of those games. But even this year, like St. Mary's is kind of a wild card. So maybe you only get the two games against Gonzaga. And in that case, you know, you need three or four games in non-conference play just to kind of have a chance to catch the committee's eye.
1: Wait a minute, Ken. On, on November 26th, LMU was 10 in net, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco was 25 in net. I don't know what, yeah, yeah, it's early. It's early.
0: It is, clearly, very early. <laughs> Ken, what games left in the BYU non-conference schedule can the Cougars make an impact on their NET ranking and, and really find some uh, good favor with uh, the selection committee?
3: yeah it's not it's not going to be easy i mean they have opportunities and this is a you know a, a quirky year i think for them schedule wise because they you know they have home and home set up or you know home you know one and one set up for the playing teams home and away uh you know contracts but a lot of the away games of this year so that actually can work to their benefit if they can you know go on the road and get those wins i mean illinois state even though they're not an elite team winning that game on the road will at least be a quadrant two win this year i would say um uh, you know utah is obviously not having a great year but a neutral site win over them will should be a quadrant two win. Well, you know, I, I think ultimately that's what how it'll turn out. Um, you know, going on the road to Mississippi State, it's not a not an easy place to play. Going on the road to San Diego State, not an easy place to get a win. But both of those could be quadrant one games. So, uh, so there are opportunities here, and uh, again, not easy obviously to to win uh, away from the Marriott Center uh, when you're playing top competition. But uh, but the opportunities will certainly be there if they can they can figure things out.
0: Ken, uh, before you go, remind the people how they can find your stuff and uh, what's new on the site this year.
3: Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, you know, obviously KenPom.com is where all the stats are. Uh, new on the site this year, kind of uh, moving into the visual realm. Uh, got a new little feature called the, the D1 Universe, which kind of uh, is just a handy way to basically view stats for the entire realm of 353 teams, uh, you know, with the click of a button basically. Uh, so that's kind of the, the nifty thing there. I'm also riding at the Athletic. Uh, you know, got a column there once a week, so it's a, a super good uh, value as well. Just tons of great riding over there, uh, obviously beyond myself. So uh, those are basically the two places that you can find me this year.
0: Ken, great to talk to you, man. We appreciate the time. Look forward to doing it again soon.
3: Yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it.
0: Ken Pomeroy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial
1: future. We subscribe to the website. We love it. It's good stuff. Uh, The D1 universe. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, how do I even (laughs) read this? Uh, Little did he know when he was born that he would have the perfect website. KenPom.com? How can you forget that?
0: <laughs> like it's, you don't. He's it's part perfect. of the, the selection committee sees his ratings on their team sheets.
1: Yeah, he's there there are six uh, metrics, right, in addition to net. And three are predictive, one of which is Ken Palm, and then three are results-based. Yeah, interesting. Perhaps he's results-based. Maybe I'm off on that. Coming up, my chance for redemption begins today with Anwan! Ah uh, yes, the college basketball prediction season football.
0: begins. And is Nick Emery. The answer to all of BYU basketball's issues. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Watch the fourth-seeded BYU women's volleyball team led by West Coast Conference player of the year, Ronnie Jones Perry, as the Cougars begin playing the NCAA tournament Friday night, live right here on BYU TV at 9 Eastern as the Cougars host Stony Brook in the first round.
0: Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with another look at today's headlines.
1: BYU men's basketball at Illinois
0: State. All night. Cougars beat the Redbirds last year 80-68. to 68. BYU now 5-2, searching for win number six. The game broadcast on BYU Radio. Pre-game starts at 7 Eastern. Watch the game live on ESPN Plus, courtesy of The Valley, at 8 p.m. Eastern.
1: KenPom.com gives BYU a one-point win. chance. Ooh! We're still waiting for BYU's official invitation to a bowl game. Yesterday, we learned the Frisco Bowl website has a graphic of who is playing in the game with the American versus Conference USA, the Mountain West, Mac, and BYU's logo. And when you don't know, you report on logos on websites. Isn't it fun?
0: (laughs) BYU senior offensive lineman Austin Hoyt accepted an invite to play in the 94th East-West Shrine game. That game set for January 19th, 2019 in Florida. On the NFL Network.
1: We know of at least one BYU player headed to Florida. (laughs) And the women's basketball team lost 67-64 at Southern Utah, snapping a four-game win streak for the now 5-2 Cougars last night. Brenda Chase led the team with 14 points. BYU plays at Utah Valley in the Cement Palace tomorrow.
0: If you're just joining the program, welcome. Hi. A perfect time to remind you that... The college football season prediction part of this program has officially been determined. I am the champion. We're still
1: going to do going for two on the bowl game, though, right? Yes. Okay. We will still do it. But I lost. You won football. Congratulations. The championship is yeah.
0: clinched. Yep. However, a fresh start today mm-hmm. with our and one picks. Yes. Same rules apply, kind of, where we each make two predictions only this time around, Jerem. Your first pick is worth two. Your second pick is worth one, and you only get the second pick if you get your first one right. It's like confidence an and one. picks. It makes sense. It's exactly yeah. like an and one it. scenario. I love it. All right, Jerem, lead us off, my friend. What are your two predictions in and one tonight against Illinois State?
1: Okay, my first pick, my 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 bucket, BYU wins by three-plus. Cougars are favored by two and a half. I say they're going to cover. And my second pick, the one worth one. Yoli and Childs. The yes. Yoli Childs will combine for fewer than 32 points and, and rebounds. That's his average right now. He averages twenty and twelve. So Ooh. I'm going to say he's going to go under. It's more of a team balanced attack tonight at Illinois State.
0: Okay, Yoli Childs under thirty-two. 32. So thirty-one combined or fewer points yeah. and rebounds. Yep. Number one, I think BYU will figure it out somewhat and shoot thirty percent or 30? better from three. That's so low. They shoot twenty-eight point eight percent on the season. The majority of their games have been below 30%. 30 nothing. nothing. <laughs> on the road, they have been abysmal. <sighs> Stats are for losers.
1: <laughs> yes, they are, rod Not, we just had Ken Pum on. Come Under
0: on. 30% or better from... Th- 30%. Or, sorry, yeah, over 30% and or better. one. And TJ Haas. Will score sixteen plus tonight, Jerem. Yeah. He's averaging fifteen point seven after yeah. his season high bumped it up to fifteen point seven. I think TJ House goes sixteen plus on the road against Illinois okay,
1: man. State. Let's go and one and one. They're calling it tight
0: again. If you don't get your first pick, that's your confidence pick. Then you can't. You, you, get don't get yeah. you, you don't get the zero points. Yeah, you got to get the first one. You've Got to get the first one. Love it. Oh uh, yes, I like. I like this. You're going down. <laughs> Let's revisit the three point number for BYU, shall we? As I have picked them to shoot 30% or better tonight, that brings us to well, a, a head-scratching stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
0: Jeremy BYU is 310th nationally in three-point field goal percentage out of 353 teams.
1: 28.8%. Uh, if BYU shoots 28.8%, they won't make the NIT. That's a bad number.
0: 310th out of 353 teams. This is BYU basketball. This can't happen.
1: Yeah, It doesn't happen. And on Monday, there was media availability with men's basketball. Head coach Dave Rose actually is frustrated enough about that number that he's using it in jest to help point out other stats for (laughs) BYU. Our
2: turnover numbers are
0: great. It's because we missed so many shots. (laughs) We don't have time to turn it over. (laughs) It's
1: true. That's <laughs> true. So that, <laughs> That's got us, that got us thinking. I think that Nick Emery can certainly help this number. Okay. Nick Emery is one of okay. the best three-point shooters that have ever played for BYU. Yes. Okay? I, I think that he can help. It is hard to be like, hey, one dude, you got to help us. 1,000-point yeah. scorer. Yes. And, and by the way, I'm still looking this up. Maybe Greg Rebell knows. Uh, we were discussing it the other day. When has BYU had three dudes that had a 1,000 points at that time? I'm not saying eventually scored a 1,000, but on the same like team. Playing together on the floor. all have 1,000 already. That's T.J. Haas needs 10 points for 1,000 tonight, by the way. He'll join Yoli Childs and Nick Emery.
0: Well, when he gets my second and one pick, he will be 1,006. So, <laughs> it, there you go. Yes,
1: yes, he will. So, I hope that T.J. scores... What did you say? I hope he scores 14. 15? 15 I said 16. Yeah. He's
0: averaging 15
1: points. I hope 7. he has uh, 14 assists. You know? <laughs> yeah, that'd
0: be great. All right. Nick Emery back in the mix. How much will that help BYU's three-point shooting? We're all focused on the return of Nick, Jeremy. In fact... It is exactly seven days to the return of Emory for BYU basketball.
1: Oh, it's a countdown. It's another countdown. Look at that. Seven days away from Nick Emory. Yeah, no, let's rehearse that. (laughs) Yeah, seven days away. He plays against Utah State. In one week from tonight. Just in time for the in-state rivalry game. And look, I, I know there are mixed uh, emotions about Nick Emery, given the sanctions and what happened, yet what he can do as a player. So it's, it's kind of like a weird emotional deal for some people. Um, I have moved on from those sanctions and, like, it is what it is. It happened. Yes, that stinks. And BYU's got, like, a tainted record because of it, and that's just the worst. We talked about it. But what Nick Emery can provide as a player is going to be something that is good for this team. Will Nick Emery be Nick Emery right away is the question. BYU needs him to be good right away because they play Utah State and Utah next week. There's no time for him to kind of warm up to this. I don't anticipate the BYU will start Nick Emery initially. I think they'll ease him into it and bring him off the bench. That's my guess.
0: How much is he chomping at the bit to get in there and play basketball? He's going to come in with just a ton of of intensity and juice like that. Hopefully it's it's not too much. It's going to exactly. You're going to have to
1: tone it. Yes. Like his, his whole playing career here at BYU has been kind of an up and down emotional thing, right? Because he has to come home from his mission early because he's got uh, an injury with circulation, right? So he's already feeling, feeling bad because he came home early and there's that social pressure, right? He goes back. It didn't work out. He's here. And then, and then obviously goes through a very public divorce that's messy. And that's not awesome for him to have to go through, let alone in the public. Um, and then there's sanctions based on off-the-court stuff. And now he's coming back. So he's had to deal with a lot. Like, I'm not going to – I'm going to be very understanding if he's not the same guy initially. Because that's a lot to go through. We, yeah, I think sure. we should be. That makes sense. He's not a robot. He has emotions that play into how he plays Wait, and how he Athletes have
0: emotion? Yeah. Incredible. An incredible concept. As much as we think Nick Emery is going to help BYU from the three point line, I think he might make an even bigger impact defensively. He's one of BYU's best on ball defenders.
1: BYU needs both from him. Put him out
0: front with Jasheer Hardnet. Okay. There you go. Now you got some on ball defenders.
1: And we haven't seen those two play in a game together, by the Can't
0: way. Can't wait. Can't wait they for that. Defensively, in a game together. I cannot wait for that. Our question of the day back to football once again. The Cougars of BYU await their bowl game invitation on selection Sunday for the college football side. Would facing Virginia and Bronco Mendonal in a bowl game be a good or bad thing for BYU? At Big D Dan 11 answers on Twitter. I'd enjoy BYU versus Virginia in a bowl because, one, the two offensive styles are completely different. Are they now? I think that BYU's not, offense is more similar to Virginia's now. Than, yeah,
1: I would say they're not as different they, as the Tanner Mangum offense.
0: He says, but both give defenses nightmares. Number two, I've wanted to see Bronco versus BYU ever since he stunned all of us with the announcement he was leaving. And next year, 2019, Virginia and BYU were initially scheduled to play. That was bumped back to 2021 and
1: 2023. There you go. Okay. And we could see it. We could see it. Coming up, is BYU heading to Dallas for a bowl game? We've been talking about Tampa. Are they going to Dallas? Why is Illinois State known as the Redbirds? Just one of the
0: questions in today's loaded know-the-foe. Can't wait. No reading the Wikipedia. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. She's got the latest details in Cougar sports with a social media twist. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. Why would facing Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall in a bowl game be a good or bad thing for BYU? At David Fiso on Twitter. Good or bad would 100% depend on the outcome of the game.
1: That's what I'm saying. It would only be good if BYU won. If BYU loses the bowl game, losing record, not awesome. BYU needs to win the bowl game. So I'm wondering if that matters more than playing a Power 5 team.
0: Do you want North Texas in the first responder bowl?
1: I get that you want a compelling matchup. I get it. You know what I want more? A winning winning record.
0: You can join the conversation 24-7 on social media using the hashtag BYUSN. It's time we get to know more about the Redbirds of Illinois State with Ben Bagley and Know the Foe.
2: BYU Sports Nation
1: asks, do you know the foe? We think. No, I know like nothing about Illinois State.
0: All right, Ben, you have compiled (laughs) some serious questions. We're ready to answer them?
1: Now, I want to preface this, Ben. We used to read the Wikipedia page and we'd kind of know what's going on because that's real research. Uh, we used to quiz each we, other at one point. Yeah, and we decided not to do that, so we yes. don't know like Jack squat. I had engineering
2: block your Wikipedia access <laughs> last night, so there, there's, nice. no, there's no studying for this. This is, this is <laughs> me. You knew you that was my academic career at BYU. You knew. Yes. Who knew? <laughs> so we we had we had an unofficial coin flip in the studio to oh. decide who would go first, okay. and uh, you neither of you were involved in it. But I just want you to know that Spencer won. So Spencer. Oh, will go oh classic.
1: Cool. Spencer wins.
2: Okay. Well, he is the uh, going not going for two. Yeah, they're going for two champs. So, yeah, go. this
1: is Dan. Or
2: that wasn't. Yeah, yeah. so many hits of crossovers. Hey, I'm going to start you guys off slowly with some true and false. You just get one true and false to warm up. So mm-hmm. Spencer, okay, we'll start with you. True or false? Illinois State is the oldest public university in the state of Illinois. I'm going to say true on that. What one year? Point Spencer.
1: Do you know the year? Uh, didn't we? Didn't we start a university in Nauvoo 18, in the 1840s? I'm going to guess
0: 1848.
1: Yeah, sure, that works. You don't know. Uh, nice. We start university. Didn't didn't the church start one? It yeah. started one. Yeah. Okay,
2: true or false? Jerome, this is yours. <laughs> Illinois State is known as the Redbirds due to the cardinal being the favorite bird of the university's first president, Charles E. Hovey.
1: Oh, that's so true. Mm. Oh. <laughs>
2: no, it's it's because the cardinal is the state bird of
1: Illinois. Oh, ah, yeah, so, had nothing to do with the first one. I'm like the seagull in Utah. Yeah, <laughs> okay, the BYU seagull. <laughs> the seagull oh, doesn't work. Hey, they killed all the right. birds.
2: Spencer, what does Abraham Lincoln have to do with Illinois State? Multiple choice here. Taught a law class. Drew up the documents that secured funding. Was on the first board of regents, or start was the starting center his senior year in hoops. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm gonna say he was on the first board of regents. Mm.
2: Oh no! Abraham Lincoln actually drew up the documents and secured funding for Illinois. State but he
1: could have. He could have. He could have made a jumper and been like first score.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just bad. First score and that was bad fun. That was horrible. That's minus one point for Jeremy. First, first score. All right, Jeremy. Chance to get that point back. Illinois State boasts five national championships in what? And these all these all all these national championships since 1995. So recently. Oh. Ultimate Frisbee, Forensic Individual Events Team, Synchronized Swimming, or Debate? It's debate. Nope, it's actually Forensics Individual Team Events. <laughs> I
1: didn't know it was a thing. We're going out. Oh, nice. That's good. That's good. You watch out, bad
2: guys. All they right. go to the BAU. All right, let's go to the sports world, Spencer. Which good. of the following NFL coaches is an alum of Illinois State? Here's your four options. Doug Peterson of the Eagles. Mike Zimmer of the Vikings, Bill Belichick of the Patriots, or Sean Payton of the Saints?
1: Oh. Is an alum oh. of Illinois State?
2: Is an alum.
0: Wow. I'm going to say C, Ben.
2: Bill <laughs> Belichick? No, not an alum. No. <laughs> no. It's actually Mike Zimmer of the Vikings. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. Okay, so, so it's still 1-0. Not, <laughs> not a high-scoring 1-0.
1: match 1-0. <laughs> I'm not good at guessing on this program.
2: <laughs> All right. Jerem, which of the following... Did not attend Illinois State. Oh, Gary Sinise of CSI New York fame and Forrest Gump fame. Uh, John Malkovich of John Malkovich <laughs> uh,
1: of, of Finding.
2: John pick Mark? a movie. Yeah. Pick a movie. Yeah. Uh, Gary Cole of Office Space. He's the boss. Did you get a memo?
1: That <laughs> yeah, guy. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. or Chris Pratt. It's Chris Pratt. Is, didn't go there, yeah. Chris Pratt, yeah. not the others. I the, the other three went there. They all went. That's there. That's impressive. Yes. I'm yeah. impressed.
2: By the way, not Lieutenant a lot of, not a lot of at notable athletic alumni. I'm just saying. Hmm. Uh, they're working on it. Yeah, they're still working on that. Okay, Spencer, back to you. It's one-one now. All right. Illinois State has competed in two different bowl games. One of them twice. Which one of these bowl games is the, is the bowl game they went to twice? That's a good question. The Corn Bowl, the Peanut Bowl, the Pecan Bowl. Or the farm bowl?
1: <laughs> that's a great question.
2: <laughs> ben, I'm going to say the corn bowl. No, they only went there once. It's the pecan bowl.
1: The what, the peanut bowl? Or the pecan bowl. Oh, the pecan, pecan bowl. Pecan,
2: pecan, whatever you want to
1: call it. Can you have a peanut bowl with all the allergies of people now? Hey, don't, do open don't open those peanuts. on the airplane, on the Spencer. Don't, don't open them on the airplane. Don't open the gates.
2: <laughs> all right, one more piece. we got, we, got, we got to wrap this up. Okay. Normal Illinois is the home to what independent Frontier League baseball team? The Normal Redbirds, the Normal Cornbelters, the Normal Nomads, or the Normal Heartlanders?
1: They're all called Normal. Yeah, it's Normal Illinois. It's oh, because it's Illinois. Normal Illinois. Illinois. Normal, I didn't Illinois even State? know where they're from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you could asked that, and I wouldn't have known. Uh, let's go with uh, D, the Heartlanders. No, <laughs> it's
2: the Normal Cornbelters. Sorry. <laughs> Let's keep it weird and normal. All right. So once someone's <laughs> going to win this, Spencer, Illinois boasts We're in State. overtime. Illinois State, boat yeah, not seven OTs. We're just doing one here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we'll end see. it. This is the NFL. We end in a tie if have to. Illinois State boasts a national championship in only one sport. Spencer, what is it? Ooh. Is it golf, baseball, wrestling, or racquetball? It's got to be wrestling. Mm-hmm. Oh, no! Midwest. It was baseball. They're the nineteen sixty nine D two champions. Didn't you know that? Come the on. Amazing Redbirds. Okay, for the win? For Not the win. For the win, Jerem. Right up your alley. Normal Illinois is the home to the original what? McDonald's, Steak and Shake, Chick-fil-A, or White Castle?
1: Ooh. It's Midwest. I'm going White Castle.
2: Oh! <laughs> Steak and Shake. It's Illinois. Come on. 1-1 tie. You guys are horrible.
1: <laughs>
2: hey,
0: thanks man, Ben.
1: <laughs> Maybe we do need to read the Wikipedia page. That was pathetic.
0: We are all now dumber.
1: No, we're all smarter sure we because smarter, we learned about actually. Illinois State. Normal Illinois. I love it. Abraham Lincoln. Are we sure it's not like normal, like Hurricane <laughs> Utah? Gary like, Sinise, no, an alum of yeah, Illinois who, State. Who Lieutenant Diane was from there. I love it. Coming up. How does BYU football in Dallas sound in December?
0: Uh, it sounds pretty good if it's it not rhetorical. on December 26th. It was rhetorical. Okay, fine. Sorry. <laughs> Plus, why is it a good thing or is it a bad thing to face Bronco Mendenhall and Virginia in a bowl game? More from your voices around the nation. This is BYU Sports
1: Nation. No the foe, dude.
0: Awesome. Shout out to today's guest, stats guru, college basketball man, Ken Pomeroy. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes.
1: And thanks to normal Illinois. Uh, sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. This just in moments ago. Sione Takitaki has been invited to play in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl on January 19th at the Rose Bowl. Good for Sione Takitaki and BYU senior offensive lineman Austin Hoyt, as mentioned, accepted an invitation to play in the 94th East-West Shrine Game. Men's basketball
0: at Illinois State tonight in normal Illinois game broadcast on BYU Radio with pregame beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern. Watch it on ESPN Plus at 8 p.m. Eastern.
1: Women's basketball. BYU lost 67-64 at Southern Utah, snapping a four-game win streak for the now 5-2 Cougars. Brenda Chase led the team with 14 points. BYU plays at Utah Valley tomorrow. Track and field.
0: In the BYU Track and Field Annual Awards, Whitney Orton and Rory Linkletter received the Curtis Pugsley Athlete of the Year Awards for each of the teams. Congratulations. Today's rise and shout goes to the BYU football players who started the hashtag BYU to Tampa (laughs) for giving us some incredible midweek banter.
1: Yes, it was uh, fantastic, and it'd be great weather for uh, the Florida homies, you know? The Gulf side? Beaches, warm weather.
0: Although BYU we doesn't have that a, in Miami, BYU doesn't have a great record in Florida.
1: <laughs> no, they don't. Sure. Uh, so yeah, let's let's just not do that. I'm telling you, BYU needs to win that bowl game. They you don't to want to lose a losing winning record, record. And, success. And through three seasons, Kalani would have a losing record. He needs to win, so he gets a He's 500 right now. What's on gets the line?
0: Buff. All of that. Our question of the day. Uh, The elite voice of the day, rather, presented by Sundance Mountain (laughs) Resort, answering why would BYU Virginia be a good or bad thing at Jake R. Kemp on Twitter. It would be a bad thing because seeing your ex is always hard and can bring back some raw emotions. (laughs) But it could also be a good thing because it's a chance to show off your new man who has a better personality, treats you better, and has way bigger calves. Hashtag BYUSN.
1: (laughs) That was was elite. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
0: Or Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Nina Puikinen. Go Kooks! Also, BYU and Virginia? Wow.